Chapter 15 of Explanation of Catholic Morals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Explanation of Catholic Morals by John H. Stapleton. Chapter 15 Envy when envy catches a victim she places an evil eye in his mind gives him a cud to chew and then sends him gadding if the mind's eye feeds upon one's own excellence for one's own satisfaction that is pride if it feeds upon the neighbor's good for one's own displeasure and unhappiness that is envy it is not alone this displeasure that makes envy but the reason of this displeasure that is what the evil eye discerns in the neighbor's excellence namely a detriment an obstacle to one's own success it is not necessary that another's prosperity really work injury to our own it is sufficient that the evil eye though its discolored vision perceive a prejudice therein ah says envy he is happy prosperous esteemed my chances are spoiled i am overshadowed i am nothing he is everything i am nothing because he is everything remember that competition emulation rivalry are not necessarily envy i dread to see my rivals succeed i am pained if he does succeed but the cause of this annoyance and vexation is less his superiority than my inferiority i regret my failure more than his success there is no evil eye tis the sting of defeat that causes me pain if i regret this or that man's elevation because i fear he will abuse his power if i become indignant at the success of an unworthy person i am not envious because this superiority of another does not appeal to me to be a prejudice to my standing whatever sin there is there is no sin of envy we may safely assume that a person who would be saddened by the success of another would not fail to rejoice at the other's misfortune this is a grievous offence against charity but it is not properly speaking envy for envy is always sad it is rather an effect of envy a natural product thereof and a form of hatred the unnatural view of things which we qualify as the evil eye is not a sin until it reaches the dignity of a sober judgment for only then does it become a human act envy like pride anger and the other vicious inclinations may and often does crop out in our nature momentarily without our incurring guilt if it is checked before it receives the acquiescence of the will it is void of wrong and only serves to remind us that we have a rich fund of malice in our nature capable of an abundant yield of iniquity after being born in the mind envy passes to the feelings where it matures and furnishes that supply of misery which characterizes the vice another is happy at our expense the sensation is a painful one 
yet it has a diabolical fascination and we fondle and caress it we brood over our affliction to the embittering and souring of our souls we swallow and regurgitate over and over again our dissatisfaction and are aptly said to chew the cud of bitterness out of such soil as this naturally springs a rank growth of uncharity and injustice in thought and desire the mind and heart of envy are untrammelled by the bounds of moral law it may think all evil of a rival and wish him all evil he becomes an enemy and finally he is hated envy points directly to hatred lastly envy is a gadding passion it walketh the street and does not keep home it were better to say that it talketh there is nothing like language to relieve one's feelings it is quieting and soothing and envy has strong feelings hence evil insinuations detraction slander etc justice becomes an empty word and the seamless robe of charity is torn to shreds as an agent of destruction envy easily holds the palm for it commands the two strong passions of pride and anger and they do its bidding people scarcely ever acknowledge themselves envious it is such a base unreasonable and unnatural vice if we cannot rejoice with the neighbor we are pained at his felicity and what an insanity it is to imagine that in this wide world one cannot be happy without prejudicing the happiness of another what a severe shock it would be to the discontented the morosely sour the cynic and other human owls to be told that they are victims of this green-eyed monster they would confess to calumny and hatred to envy never envy can only exist where there is abundant pride it is a form of pride a shape which it frequently assumes because under this disguise it can penetrate everywhere without being as much as noticed and it is so seldom detected that wherever it gains entrance it can hope to remain indefinitely jealousy and envy are often confounded yet they differ in that the latter looks on what is another's while the former concerns itself with what is in one's own possession i envy what is not mine i am jealous of what is my own jealousy has saddening influence upon us by reason of a fear more or less well grounded that what we have will be taken from us we foresee an injustice and resent it kept within the limits of sane reason jealousy is not wrong for it is founded on the right we have to what is ours it is in our nature to cling to what belongs to us to regret being deprived of it and to guard ourselves against injustice but when this fear without cause visionary unreasonable jealousy partakes of the nature and malice of envy it is more malignant a passion and leads to greater disorders and crimes 
for while envy is based on nothing at all there is here a true foundation in the right of possession and a motive in right to repel injustice end of chapter fifteen recording by john brandon